Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kidd, and hey, I'm excited because today we're starting something new, the series of the new Scooby-Doo movies. We're starting with the very first one called The Ghastly Ghost Town. Now, all of these new Scooby-Doo movies are actually about an hour's runtime. That's including commercials, so it really turns into 45 minutes without. And each one features a famous person from that time period. This one has the Three Stooges. We start with a stormy evening over a desert town. A sign points us to Ghost Town. The mystery machine passes by and Fred says, Boy, are we ever lost. The kids are starting to get nervous, especially after Shaggy sees a big growly alligator, which he chalks up to being a mirage. Then he sees a camel and what he calls a neurotic orangutan. And maybe he said aquatic and not neurotic, but I'm a psychologist, so I hear what I hear. Then they see the weirdest thing of all, a sign saying, Monster Ahead, 1,000 yards. And this is like porn for Fred. Scooby and Shaggy are scared, but Velma insists it's just a tourist trap. And all of a sudden, a giant truck-sized bat with glowing eyes comes towards them and knocks them off the road into a sand dune. They're stuck, and Fred makes a newbie driver mistake of revving and revving and revving and forward, so the mystery machine just gets buried deeper. It's up to the axles, and so Fred advises they don't even bother pushing. Anyone else get the sense that he's trying to get them trapped so he can check out that bat mystery? They walk along the desert road some more and pass another monster ahead sign, but now it's less than 100 yards away. Scooby covers his eyes with his paws. Velma continues to be blasé, but now there is a huge dinosaur looking over a mountain at them and growling. Scooby is so freaked out he digs a hole in the ground and tunnels away. This is a great plan, except that he pops up next to the growling alligator. You know, the one Shaggy still thinks is a mirage. Then the orangutan drops down next to the kids, and these animals are looking less and less like mirages. Then they see three silhouettes looking over a rock at them. To old folk like me, these are very familiar silhouettes, but Shaggy assumes they're ghosts. It's the Three Stooges, dressed in matching yellow coveralls and running around bumping into each other. Shaggy says, just what we need, three clumsy ghosts. The Stooges catch the orangutan with the help of some well-aimed tickling, and Fred finally recognizes them. They all get introduced, and then comes the best line of the entire episode. Fred says, we need help. And Mo deadpans, a therapist can tell you that. He leads them to the Three Stooges Ghost Town Amusement Park and into a saloon-style restaurant. This whole park features ghost town-themed rides and stores and interesting animals in very small cages. But they can't figure out how their animals keep getting loose every night. Also, that giant bat thing goes by a couple of times a day. That big old dinosaur they saw? Well, that's Tyrone, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. But he's actually just a big plastic model with an electric mouth. And they can't really tell why he keeps growling. It's very annoying and mysterious. Apparently, this theme park was pretty successful until a couple of months ago when things started to go haywire. Now, after all this exposition, the building they're in starts to shake and crumble all around them. A big, villainous-looking man comes in. He's dressed like a safari explorer from an old movie. But the Three Stooges vouch for him. Oh, this is just Rhino. And he's their employee, an animal caretaker. But he's been acting suspiciously lately. They want to fire him, but they're too intimidated. 
Rhino only growls and doesn't seem to speak English or any other human language. The Scooby gang go outside and check Tyrone, you know, the big plastic dinosaur. He appears to start growling again, a la Rhino. In fact, it sounds exactly like Rhino. And their freaked outness is interrupted by a flashlight in their faces and a man's voice announcing that they're all trespassing on his land. Scooby is so surprised that he trips over the dinosaur's paw and accidentally opens up a staircase into the beast. They all go inside, including the dude with the flashlight, and they find all sorts of computerized things in there, including a sophisticated tape recorder. And when I say sophisticated, I mean an old-fashioned reel-to-reel tape recorder. But, you know. The dude with the flashlight turns out to be Crux, the Stooges' manager, and the manager of this park. He's impressed with Tyrone's innards. Tyrone, and that's the Tyrannosaurus Rex, his, his tape player starts playing again, and it's so loud that all the kids run out. But Mr. Crux destroys the tape so that they can all finally get some sleep. Crux and the kids tell the Stooges about how the kids solve the mystery. But we're only 11 minutes into a 43-minute episode, so I'm sure more antics are coming. Next, a pet bat gets loose and flies around for a while, generally causing mayhem. Curly catches him inside his coveralls, which is mildly concerning to me. The Stooges politely excuse the kids by saying, Well, thanks for solving the mystery, but um, can you please go away now? But Fred refuses to be dismissed because he still wants to investigate both the giant bat and wherever Velma has wandered off to. She is now missing, we all realize. They spread out to search, and we see Crux trap her by using a trap door. I guess the show is going to show its hand pretty early. We now know who the villain is. It's Crux. Scooby and Shaggy search inside the Last Chance Saloon, and they accidentally set off a player piano. They're suitably terrified, and this takes about three minutes of screen time, which helps me understand how they're going to fill the total 45-minute runtime of this episode. The Three Stooges check out the Cowboy Museum, and I love that when they see it, even though this is theoretically their own theme park where they've been living and working for months, they act like they've never seen it before. Like, oh, hey, maybe we should check out this Cowboy Museum. Outside the Cowboy Museum, there is a really offensive statue of a Native American, but I will skip my moral commentary this time. The wax figures inside the museum and the Native American statue all appear to be moving and making verbalizations. So the Three Stooges scram. Fred and Daphne are searching in the desert. Fred takes a pull from his canteen and then offers it to Daphne. But before she can drink any, a cactus sneaks up and drinks the rest of the canteen by sticking a straw in. Fred thinks Daphne did it and they get into a fight. This is the first time I've ever seen them argue. I hope this is an ongoing theme. It was pretty feisty. Scooby has fainted back in the Last Chance Saloon, and Shaggy wakes him up with a dusty seltzer bottle. Scooby sneezes so hard he slides into a wall, which opens up. Shaggy wants to follow, and a hairy arm from behind a curtain hands him a lantern. He jumps into the room where Scooby went, and he falls down into a barrel of flour. So, of course, now Scooby thinks Shaggy is a ghost. Shaggy says he's just a flower child. He dusts off, and they find a staircase. But the staircase turns into an elevator as a hairy arm makes it go faster and faster. Then they slide down a slide and run into a huge, colorful jack-in-the-box. So they're now clearly in a funhouse. 
they see all these fun house mirrors, and they have a blast with this until Scooby sees his reflection as an orangutan, and they realize it is the orangutan. It turns out he was the one playing all those tricks on Scooby and Shaggy. So at this point, it's like, okay, are all the mysteries solved? What exactly is going on? But we take a commercial break, and we'll find out afterwards. Experience Dungeons and Dragons like you've never experienced before. So girls, tell us about Dave. So tell me Dave's how great I am. a little drunk and all. Feel the tension. You like some chips. They don't have any chips. Feel the excitement. 29 more javelins. You gonna throw another javelin? Well, 29 more. Epic storytelling. This island, as all the locals know, is the island of Atlantis. And you are not welcome here. And with no swearing or profanity of any kind. Ah, jeez. <laughs> this is... Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. Find out more at DungeonsDragonsDaughters.Podbean.com, your favorite podcast service or preferred social site. We're also on YouTube. Hey everybody, this is your best friend Steven. And this is your best friend Chris. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Is This Adulting? Every week, we sit down to talk about life, debate pointless topics, and most importantly, break the stigma on mental illness through opening up about our own struggles and how it affects us every day. Oh, and do you like games? We got those too. What about guests from all your favorite podcasts? Ooh, like Justin from Generation Y, or Nina from Already Gone, or Hal Lublin from Everything? Uh, and of course, you can't forget our special guest, Tom Bodette from those Motel 6 commercials. Okay, that last one might have been a dread. Yeah, yeah, just like them. Uh, so, join us each Thursday as we attempt to navigate adulthood as overgrown man-children. And remember, kids, be happy, stay healthy, and go hug someone. Because you never know, they might just be the host of your new favorite podcast. We're back with Fred and Daphne, who are still walking around the desert some more. And now Fred says a really sexist joke. He says, this desert reminds me of a woman. It goes on and on. Fred, you... They say they're going to follow their footprints back to town, but the walking cactus wiped them out with a big branch. Then they see a swimming pool. Fred tries to jump in with all his clothes, but it was just a mirage. And by the way, the eight-year-old children with whom I was watching this episode thought this was hilarious. Then Fred and Daphne see a vulture, so they hang out in the shade of the cactus to cool off. But they notice eyes inside the cactus looking at them. And then it starts running away. And Fred chases it, shouting, Come back and fight like a man, you vegetable. That got more laughs from the eight-year-olds. And then the cactus pulls out a plug and deflates. But they don't see whoever was inside. They just have a deflated cactus skin. Meanwhile, Velma realizes she has fallen into an old mine. She sees some old mine cards. Also, meanwhile... The three stooges hear the Native American statue shouting in a very threatening way. They want to run away, so they go on the minecart ride. Another meanwhile, Fred and Daphne reunite with Scooby and Shaggy. Now an old-fashioned dude in the middle of the road tells Shaggy to draw and get out of town. So he's supposed to be like an old-fashioned gunslinger Wild Wild West type. Fred and Daphne fall down another trapdoor while all of this is happening. And they land right on top of Velma, who we know has an incredibly strong core, so she's all right. Scooby agrees to fight the old-fashioned dude and walks towards him like he's gonna join the duel. 
When the other dude shoots, Scooby jumps in a rain barrel and Shaggy jumps up on the drain pipe, accidentally knocking Scooby's barrel. He rolls into a well and gets thrown inside. We now see that the gunslinger was actually a robot and he totally falls apart with springs and nuts and bolts and things falling off him. Shaggy helps Scooby up from the well, but then he gets flung up onto the dinosaur and then both Shaggy and Scooby end up back in the well and then they climb up the rope again while fantasizing about their ideal snack, which apparently involves pistachio-flavored ketchup. Underground, the Three Stooges crash their minecart and find Fred, Daphne, and Velma. The six of them need to escape. Curly lets the bat out from his coveralls, and the bat's kind of flying around in a weird way, and then he goes back into Curly's coveralls. Velma sneezes so big that she causes a minor cave-in. They all start digging. I don't even remember what the mystery is anymore. Is it just that large bat vehicle that drives by a couple times a day? I mean, we've already figured out that a lot of the antics were caused by the orangutan, and we know that Mr. Crux is probably the one letting the animals out, and we know that the dinosaur is just a robot, and so is the gunslinger. So what else is going on here? But these kids do need to get out of the cave Velma suggests they shout through the air vent to communicate with the others above. Shaggy and Scooby hear the shouts, and they come to the rescue, sort of. Shaggy sees Mr. Crunch and Mr. Rhino silhouettes inside a room, but when he goes in to ask for help, it turns out their silhouettes are just dummies. They need to rescue their friends on their own. Scooby starts digging once again. This doesn't get too far, so they decide to use Tyrone the T-Rex. They go inside and make him roller skate around while they mess with his controls. After random experimenting, they get the dino to the correct spot and make him dig. He digs up the stooges and then the other kids. Now the side of another building opens up like a garage and the giant bat comes rolling out. Shaggy and Scooby try to use Tyrone to catch him, but they can't get their controls to work well enough. They accidentally knock the stooges into a wall where they find a film projector. The film is of the angry Native American and they figure out that that was just a trick. Okay, I guess. Inside the bat, we see the gunslinger, who I thought was actually just a robot, and the Native American, who I thought was just a film figure, driving. This makes no sense. Scooby and Shaggy, via Tyrone, drop a bunch of rocks on top of the bat vehicle. Then the dino brings Mr. Crutch and Mr. Rhino in their costumes back and drops them into a jail. Okay. So, what was happening here? Why was there this bat vehicle? I'll tell ya. It turns out there was uranium in the abandoned mine. They used the bat truck to sneak the uranium across the border, because I guess there's a big uranium market in Mexico. And we all know a giant truck disguised as a bat is way better for subterfuge than, you know, a pickup. Later on, we see the amusement park in daytime, and it's a big success. The sheriff congratulates Scooby. Shaggy says, hey, sheriff, is it okay if I take home this little bag of uranium as a souvenir? Why, sure, son. I guess this explains a lot about Shaggy and his life. Then the three stooges bring over a huge, long Subway sandwich. And that's the end of our first episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies. Overall, it was more of the same goodness that we loved from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? There were lots of commercial breaks and extra time from the long runtime to allow for longer goofs. And also, it was fun to watch the Scooby gang interact with different characters. I can't wait for next week. 
we're going to see the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair with Batman and Robin. I wonder which one he's going to have the affair with. In the meantime, I just want to thank Dave Sestay for the use of our theme song, Night Surfing. And I want to thank all of you on the Meddling Kids podcast and Scooby-Doo discussion group, moderated by one of my besties, Tiff. This is a really fun place to join other Scooby-Doo lovers, apparently like Batman and Robin. Also, thanks as always to my family and to you listeners. Thanks for listening and sharing and enjoying the love of a good old woofer. And just remember, the next time you're hoarding ingredients for nuclear weapons, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. Shaggy says, hey, Sheriff, is it okay if... (laughs) It's just so silly. (sighs) 